I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What a day, Isaac Harris. It, yeah. Um, man, what a day. We're obviously recording this uh, later Sunday night, and if you've, you know, you're obviously in the NBA world, you know about the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and you know it it just doesn't seem real it never it never fully sank in i don't think it fully will sink in and it was just a somber weird day and i think it's the most heartbreaking day in nba history you know the generation before nick and myself um it was kind of like you know where were you when magic announced you know his announcement and I think for this generation, it's going to be the Kobe, you know, day. And it's going to be, where were you when the moment you found out the news about Kobe Bryant? And Kobe transcends everything. I mean, this is, a, you know, he goes by one name. I mean, this is a, you think about these stars that, you know, these people, these iconic people across sports and sports history that go by one name. And Kobe is one of those guys. And I was texting my dad today and I was like, you know, I think he remembers Roberto Clemente. And, you know, I was like, you know, Kobe is, this is the most like shocking, heartbreaking. I can't even fully understand it. You know, sports death and that I can remember. And really he's like, it's the only person just recently over the past couple of years was Muhammad Ali that you can really compare it to of just somebody to this magnitude. But even Ali, you know, he was getting there in age. This is, this is unprecedented. This is Kobe reaches around the world and his legacy is unbelievable. And it's just a, it's honestly a day that we will never forget. Um, Kobe Bryant is the closest thing to religion that basketball may ever have. You know, there are stands for certain things. There are stands for Derrick Rose right now. If you post anything Derrick Rose, if you post anything, you know, controversial even about him or slandering him, uh, his stands will come into your mentions or, or respond or comment on it, defending him to, you know, the very end. Kobe was that to a degree and is still that and probably will be forever to a degree that maybe not anybody could hit. I mean, it he just he happened at the right time to where those of us that grew up watching him, where I I grew up watching him. That was he was the guy that I saw maybe I've probably watched more Kobe games than anybody than any other player up until this point in my life before it became a job for me. And he hit the right moment where those people grew up 
And then they started, and then the internet came around. They started using the internet, right? And then now there's all these people that it's, it's like a religion. He is, you know, if you can't slander him. You can't say anything bad about him. He is, he transcends basketball. It's something more than that. It just means something to those people that you saw that guy. You saw that guy be great. You saw that guy reach down and do things that we didn't think he could do. You know, we didn't think that an 18-year-old could come into the NBA and, and start contributing to a playoff team and then to a you know a finals team and then a three-peat team that we hadn't really seen since Michael Jordan. And he looked like Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan was the GOAT at that point. And all of a sudden, we we're like, Still is. He's, the ne- he's the next that. Like, he is he is close to that, and he mirrors that, and he, he could take it to the next level. And then Shaq left, and it was like, well, now he can't do this. He can't do that. He scores 81 points. He's, you know, carrying this team. He had a stretch where he was scoring, like, 50 points a game for two weeks straight. Just this crazy stretch where he's just carrying this team. And then all of a sudden, the team, you know, they get Pal Gasol, and now they're back, and they they win two more. They lose to the Celtics in, in 08. And it's like, well, Kobe's never going to be able to. He can't do it without Shaq. You know, Kobe, how, how's my ass taste? Like, all that stuff. And then they come back, and they went two straight. And those two titles without Shaq, like, put Kobe in just this next level. Now, ag- agreed with you. I think Michael Jordan's still the GOAT. But to Co- but to all the Kobe stands, Kobe will always be this next thing because he rose above so many things that people said he couldn't do. Now, we won't talk about Kobe Bryant off the court unless we're talking about him, you know, as a father. There's there's complicated things and there's other things to talk about, but to remember Kobe in the way that um, he impacted people in a positive way, I think is he gave people something to hope in, to believe in, to stand for, to you know, uh, to enjoy, to uh, get behind somebody that you know when he had that lower lip like that that mm. under yeah. underbite like bite that he would do into the camera with the fist and just you just felt that and there. I grew up a Lakers fan. I was born in Los Angeles. I moved to you know Cincinnati at a young age. There was not really a team near me. And my dad always told me I was born during a Lakers game in LA. And so I grew up as a kid, you know, watching Kobe and, and being a Lakers fan. And he and Shaq introduced me to basketball and introduced me to this sport that I love and now do as a job. And it's incredible without Kobe Bryant I might not be doing this I might be doing something else I may be sitting at some office right now pushing papers around a desk or you know pushing you know Google documents around and sending stupid emails and here I am getting to do what I love because someone inspired me and it was Kobe and you know mostly Shaq but it was Kobe and Shaq that inspired me to love basketball and to get into this game and there's just something he just means something to people that you cannot quantify, you cannot put into writing. I don't know if I can fully say it, but when he goes off and he, you know, wins those two titles after Shaq left, like you just everything that you believed in as a Lakers fan or if you were just a Kobe stan, like was validated at that point. And you you feel you felt a connection with him that can only be like there's a lot of Star Wars stuff going on right now. You know, like the the, the ninth episode was just released. There's all kinds of stuff. The Rise of Resistance ride at Disney, all this stuff. And Star Wars is a you know big part of my life right now. There was like a force that was like between Kobe and other people. Like there's just something invisible that connected Kobe fans with Kobe that 
for some reason, it just connected more than any other player, I think. Even more than, like, LeBron. Like, LeBron has fans yeah. for sure. But there's just something different about Kobe. And I think it was because it was with that franchise that has such passionate fans that believe in something, stand for something so much. And then when he when he validated that, it just all of a sudden created a connection that you just can't describe. And it's amazing. And that's what Kobe does for, for fans. That's what Kobe did for me. Uh, today I found out, uh, I was taking my dog to the dog park and I was just walking around. He was playing with dogs. Uh, my dog, by the way, his name is Laker. It was not my idea. It was my wife's idea, but absolutely. I was all for it. Uh, I don't know if that's my dog's name without, without Kobe Bryant inspiring me to, you know, love the Lakers and all that. But, uh, we were walking around all of a sudden I saw, um, a couple of people, mentioned it on Twitter. I didn't think much I didn't think much of it. Like people were saying, "Tell me it's not true. Tell me it's not true." Kobe and I was like, "What the heck?" And then Isaac texted me, you know, "This is not true. Like tell me this Kobe thing is not true." Started looking it up, saw the TMZ story, and as soon as that happens, you think, "Well, TMZ, they're pretty reputable. Like they're they're usually not wrong, right?" They've been right about so many dumb things. And then here's the thing that actually matters that I would want to know if they're right about, and I don't know if I can trust them at this point. And I just kept refreshing. And I'm sure this is the, the stance for a lot of people, the posture of a lot of basketball fans. You just It's literally what we did all day. I, I mean, I literally just sat there and refreshed my Twitter all day long with the news on. I got home from church, and that was all I did all day. And I was still just dumbfounded all day. And I just sat and refreshed Twitter over and over and over again and waited for, you know, something to confirm it, something to say that it was. I honestly was just waiting for somebody to say it wasn't him and that TMZ yeah. was wrong. And I was like, well, somebody's going to get fired from TMZ today because this is, can't be true. There's no way. Um, and then it just explodes from there, and it goes off in so many different directions, and people take it in so many different ways. So um, today, you know, we're going to take this and we're going to uh, take this whole podcast and basically remember Kobe, uh, the way that he interacted with the Mavericks mostly. Uh, with Dirk, there's a couple things with Dirk. Uh, there's the Cuban story with Amnesty that, and so we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, a lot of you messaged us and tweeted at us and said your memories of Kobe and the Mavericks that you'll always remember. Uh, we have a new one, the, the Kobe with, you know, speaking Slovenian with Luca. Like, that's a new memory. Like, he touches so many different generations of the Mavericks. And so that's what we're going to spend this whole podcast talking about. Um, and so if you uh, are not interested in any Kobe talk, uh, comments or any Kobe yeah. content, I guess, at this point, this is not the podcast for you. We'll get back to regular scheduled Maverick stuff later. But this man deserves us to you know, remember him in a way that, um, you know, in, to remember him and how he connected to this specific franchise, I think, is, is our this is where we, we come in and this is where we remember him. And this is what we can do to, to give yeah. tribute to him. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick today after the news happened that, you know, I texted Nick and I said, hey, you know, we're scratching tonight. You know, we're not doing the trade pod. Uh, we're just doing all Kobe. So it has nothing to do with, like, you know, I mean, Nick being a Lakers fan or growing up a Lakers fan. Um, it just matters if we host a, a basketball podcast and Kobe Bryant changed the sport of basketball, uh, whether you liked him, whether you didn't. And I say that because Nick and I couldn't have grown up completely different on sides of the Kobe stuff. Yeah, I grew up in Kentucky and I had different team, you know, I had different players kind of that I liked growing up, but like Jordan was my guy. Like that was my first NBA memory was Jordan in the late nineties. So when this young kid, 
came into the NBA and they're like the next Jordan out of high school. I was pissed. I like I was like protective of my MJ. You know, as a, I'm like, you this still is couldn't not let the- me say that he was in the goat conversation. <laughs> no, it's like no. There's no, like there's he's not better than MJ. He hasn't proven anything. It's a young kid. He's overhyped. All this stuff. He was kind of over cocky. You know, when he got into the league, and I was like, and it's LA. It's the Lakers. It's a lot. I didn't like the Lakers. I still don't like the Lakers, and all that stuff. And he came into the league, and it's like that player, you just, you have to, you know, like, I just disliked him. And then he wins three straight with Shaq. And I'm like, no, this Lakers team. But immediately, I mean, he proved, like, he proved what the hype was about. And a lot of times you, you see players get hyped up, and you see guys like OJ Mayo get hyped up, and they don't even get close to living up to the hype. Kobe Bryant lived up to the hype that he got. And he won those three titles with Shaq. And, you know, I was in, gosh, I don't know, middle school, somewhere through there, somewhere through there, when, you know, during those, you know, during that three-peat. And those Kobe Shaq teams with Derek Fisher and Robert Ory and those guys. And it's like, dang it, I hated them. I didn't like them at all. But you had to respect the greatness of Kobe. And, you know, you know he has his second stint with Pal Gasol. And then I'm like, you've got to be kidding me again. Like, he does it again with, you know, two with Pal and stuff. And, but whether you liked him or not, because I didn't like the Lakers and all that stuff, but Kobe fit that profile of like as he got older, the more and more I started to respect him. And you know, his last few years in the league. And then I found myself coming full circle, or not really full circle because I didn't like him, a full 180 in his last game that he puts up 60 points. And like I'm sitting here on my couch watching this 60 point game in his last game, like getting cold chills. I'm like getting emotional. I'm like, I used to hate this guy. Like I used to root against him all the time. And I'm like getting like weirdly emotional in his last game. He's putting up 60. I thought it was just a crazy game, crazy way for a guy to go out. And it, he literally, I mean, we're talking a, a top, what, 15 player of all time, top 10, wherever you want to rank Kobe all time. He's one of the greatest players to ever play this game. And for Nick and I to grow up on different, you know, ends of the spectrum on the Kobe love or respect, whatever you want to say, we still meet in the middle of being like, he is literally one of the greatest players of all time. And just over the past couple of years of him retiring and stuff, just seeing like seeing, you know, since I've had, you know, our son is 18 months old and I, before my son was born, I started reading all these different parenting books and his son, not our son. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, yeah, our son, my bad. And, you know, our daughter's coming, all this stuff, and I, I just fully engulfed into the parent life over the past couple of years. And so I've, you know, looked up to different dads and just try to get advice from different people, whatever. And in return, now that I'm in this, like, we're in this new stage of my life, I've started to really value professional athletes and their families more. And I've started to really, like, really respect and really look up to different athletes that you see put so much into their families and they, they seem like, even though we don't know them personally, they seem like awesome parents and just Kobe stuff with his daughters and doing stuff with them, the mama Academy and like all this different stuff. Like it just seems like he was an incredible dad and I respected the heck out of him when he, and when he you know played his last game, but my respect for him only grew when I've seen what he's done after the game of basketball and after he retired and what he's doing with his girls and stuff. I, it's just, I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about Mav stuff or whatever, but when you look back through, you know, just a Mavericks lens on this Kobe stuff, 
it's it's kind of um, cool to just see the different memories, whether it's Dirk and you know Cuban. Is there one that sticks out the most to you as far as Mavericks related? Yeah, there is. Uh, coming up, let's get into what things uh, stick out to us the most as far as Kobe's relationship and how he touched this specific Mavericks team, as well as the Mavericks response. We've had we've heard from uh, Cuban and Dirk and the Mavericks themselves, so let's hear um, you know from them coming up. All right, Isaac. Let's get into um, man the, the the way that the Mavericks have responded to Kobe. So this was this is from uh, let's do Dirk's first. So Dirk just tweeted out uh, a screenshot of you know something he wanted to say about Kobe, and he said, "This is hitting me really hard. I will always remember coming home after games so I could watch you dominate in the fourth quarter. You inspired so many around the world, including me. You will always be missed. You will always be remembered. You will always be loved. Rest in peace with your angel, Gigi." Deepest sympathies to Vanessa, the girls, and all the friends and families of the lives lost today. And that's from a competitor. And Dirk and Kobe always kind of had this little connection, right? Like there's such a mutual respect because one of the reasons why Kobe and Shaq broke up was because Kobe looked at Shaq's work ethic and said, that's not it. (laughs) That is not it. And didn't respect him at all. But he looked at Dirk and said, that's it right there. That's completely it. That's the the mentality you have to have. That's the work ethic you have to have. The attention to detail. That I mean, Dirk was Dirk had Kobe's work ethic just in a seven foot less athletic body, right? Like less athletically yeah. gifted body, still athletically gifted, but not as as Kobe. Uh, and sometimes we forget Kobe was you know slam dunk champion and one of the most athletic dudes we've ever seen come through the NBA. Um, yeah. But they he had just that respect, and so they always had this certain back and forth. Um, I think the biggest one that sticks out to me is, is probably amnesty that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the craziest, you know, like Kobe, Dirk. People will remember 2011, right? Like when, uh, and I'll remember that specifically because everybody kept saying Phil Jackson only wins titles in threes. He won it with the Bulls. He won it you know, two times in threes with the Bulls. First time with the Lakers in the 2000s. And then second time he was going through and they lost in 08. And then they win in 09 and 10. And then as a Lakers fan, of course, I was like, all right, this is the year. They got to do it again because he only does it in threes. Like it would only just be, you know, work that way. And then they lose to the Mavericks, you know, in, in that round. And uh, that's where you get, that's where you got the Bynum, you know, like clothesline of J.J. Barea too, right? Yeah. <laughs> How's that serious? But that one's probably one that a lot of you uh, tweeted at us and remember. But um, in 2013, in February, Mark Cuban spoke out and said the Lakers should use the amnesty provision on Kobe Bryant. And uh, Kobe went out, scored 38 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and they beat Dallas. And Kobe tweeted after the game, amnesty that. I mean, that is just, come on. That's incredible. That's great. Yeah. Great use of internet. Great use of Twitter. <laughs> went out and executed. Uh, and Kobe, I mean, Kobe was maybe the best basketball player at responding to things, right? Like just being able to have a comeback. He wasn't the most efficient basketball player for sure. And people will look back at numbers. And now that we're super into numbers and analytics and efficiency, we'll look back at Kobe and say, oh, that was just a chucker. We'll do that with Iverson too. Oh, was, he was just a chucker. But the way that he could come up in big moments, the way that you had to watch a game to know his impact sometimes. You could look and see 38 points, but you don't know that that 38 points was just dominating. Like he just, there was just nothing stopping him at that point and in big moments too. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, just looking back at, you know, one, the relationship with Dirk that 
they just always had the biggest respect for each other. Yeah. I think back to, you know, just recently Dirk hitting the shot over Larry Nance. And yeah. that was 30, was that 30 K? 30 K. Yeah. And he stumbles back and who kind of catches him and pats him and, and does the, like, I respect that head nod Kobe Bryant. And it's like that in game moment that, you know, he like taps him or he hits him there. And that Dirk shot was does. the game. That shot was the game winner. That, oh yeah, yeah. That was a game was. winner in a different game, but that I mean, there, there's been multiple moments. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was the Kobe wasn't playing against the the Mavericks with a 30k night, but there was that. But game. He, was, he was on the bench though, right? I don't think so. I would have definitely remembered that because that okay. was like 20. Well, Kobe retired in 16, and I think that was either 17 or or 18. Probably 17, okay. 17 I think. 2017. So I, I remember Kobe's last um, game in Dallas um, that he was on the roster and he didn't he didn't play because he was hurt and stuff through that. Yeah. But you know, a, a cool moment, especially for media, is you know Kobe's Kobe. He can do whatever the heck he wants to yeah. do. Okay, but he came out and talked to the media, and it was like kind of his parting of, hey, I know this is the last time I'm gonna be here as an active player. So I'm gonna come out. He didn't have to do that. He went to the hallway, talked to whatever media wanted to talk to him. A lot of Dallas people, Dallas people who's covered him for years, also. So it, I thought that was a, I, talking to other media people who was at that game and like covered that game. I know that they, it meant a lot to them. Him, being able that Kobe had that nice gesture to them to come out and talk to them uh, for that last game, but um, you know it's just that that video that showed not too long ago. Uh, I wish I could give it credit because I just saw it on Twitter today of who actually did it. I didn't I wouldn't I didn't recognize the guy who interviewed Dirk in that, but they're both sitting down in two chairs and Dirk is talking about different things and he talked about you know Kobe and he. It made its round. It aggre- you know, it was aggregated and made its round because you know Dirk called him and said, "This is the best offensive player, best player I've played against in my career." And, you know, Dirk's played against guys like LeBron, different guys like that. So that they just always spoke so highly for each other, and it's I don't think it's a coincidence that you're looking at the two longest tenured te- tenured guys for a franchise yeah. in history. Yeah, and you know, Kobe spending, you know, both of them spending two decades in these, in their respected cities for one franchise. It's just unbelievable. You don't see it. You never see it in any sport, let alone NBA. And they just always had this history and this bond together as competitors. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that made Kobe contagious is he, he had the it factor. Like he had, and I don't want you, I don't want to take this as like a shot at LeBron, but like when, when Jordan retired, yeah, everybody's going to be looking for the next Jordan because Jordan has had the fire. Like, he had it. And you knew when it was in the playoffs or the finals or whatever it was, and it's a tight game, you know you know, Jordan's going to get the ball and you expect him to score. And you knew if he wasn't going to score, he was going to be pissed off if he wasn't. He just had a fire inside of him. And Kobe had that. Like, it was Kobe's the, the only player since Jordan that, I, like, I feel that, man, he had it. He had the it factor to where you, like, you didn't want him having the ball. You didn't, you know, that fire that you saw in his eyes, whether it's the, you know, the jersey, whether it's the, uh, yeah, biting his lip, chewing on the jersey, whatever it was, the baggy jersey, the mid range shot where he just, you know, elevates, lifts over somebody, drains the shot. Like, he was the closest thing to Mike. And, like, that. I, I don't think you can underestimate that. I never felt that like LeBron has a top three career of all time. Like he is a top two or three player of all time. But I never felt that like LeBron had the it factor like Kobe. The fire. The I want it so dang bad. And 
just look, yeah, just looking at Kobe throughout Maverick stuff, you know, my, I, I think of the, you know, the 60, 60 points in 62 and three quarters. Six, yeah. 62 and three quarters. That was in what? 2005. I think, I think it's 2005 six, I think with, uh, yeah. Josh Howard, Adrian Griffin, Devin Harris, Marquise Daniels. Um, what a, yeah. I mean, Kobe just went out and torched them. And I mean, I feel like, you know, the like you said, the latest one was, you know, just not too long ago. And you see this new sensation and you've seen really in Mavericks franchise, you've seen these two generational talents have the utmost respect for a legend in Kobe, but but it's a different type of respect. You know, what's 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 the shoes that, you know, Luca has worn the most this season, you know, before he signed with Jordan Brand? Kobe's he was Kobe Protos forever. He and like he looked up to Kobe, and you saw Luca tweeting all throughout the day on Sunday. You know he tweeted multiple times like, "No, please don't let this be true." He's even changed his Twitter avi and all that. And just the 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 smile on Luca's face at, at Staples that last time they played there, you know that that's a memory that will be etched in Luca's memory forever. In which Kobe is talking trash, whatever he said to him in Slovenian, and Luca turns around. They have this warm embrace. It was during the game. After the game, he meets his daughter and and Kobe there courtside. And I just, it yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say at that point. There I mean, was a just, Tim McMahon story about uh, Dirk's last time. Uh, I think facing Kobe. I think this was 2016. I think this was came out in 2016 when Kobe retired. Um, and it was just Dirk talking about talking about Kobe. Like I said, this entire time, he's our Michael Jordan for our generation. He's one of the best to ever lace him up. It's been a pleasure and an honor to compete against him basically almost my entire career. The league is going to miss one of the greatest to ever play. His competitiveness, his clutch shots, that's what I remember the most. I hope... I always tell the story. After games sometimes, we were in central time. I was rushing home to watch Kobe do his thing in the fourth quarter when they were in L.A., he was one of the rare guys that would talk trash, and he and I would talk back and forth all the time and have those conversations, and I always got a kick out of it. Uh, that This is Kobe actually talking about Dirk. Uh, I said, Dirk, I can't understand your accent. Enunciate, but he dished it right back. Man, I miss that. I miss that. And then Dirk said, I'm not really a big trash talker. Once I'm talked to, I'll have fun. And it's just Dirk and Kobe going back and forth, the mutual respect, you know, where Dirk put Kobe in the, the hierarchy. And uh yeah, he'll always be there. You know, whoever comes behind him, that'll always be there. So, I think, um, yeah, I think back to, um, I, th- I think back to him tearing his Achilles. I mean, the fact that I mean, how many Achilles injuries have we seen to where most players are carried off the floor? They're I mean, hopping just, on just one Dwight, foot. like Dwight collapsed right there and didn't get up, and then didn't walk off on his own power. Like man, and, co- and that. Like that play personifies just like him, and like you hear these stories of his work ethic and just everything he gave to the game the of myths, basketball, like, like the like, legends of Kobe. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, and but you see him get up and shoot his free throws and walk off the court. <laughs> I mean, with this, with that Achilles injury, it's just uh, it's it's unreal. And yeah, you know, I think back to I just did the, I did the story I guess two years ago. I want to say two years ago. And I did the story with Tony Ronzoni for um, for Mavs.com and Tony Ronzoni, director of player personnel for the Mavericks. And uh, he's been on this podcast before. And, 
you know, Ronzoni has been in the front office in Minnesota, Detroit, but he worked uh, for Team USA and Coach K and those guys during some of those Olympic years. And it was, you know, back in, I have the article pulled up right right now because I was looking back on it. And Ronzoni, back in 2007, uh, USA was coming off a uh, coming off a loss, and Coach K is like, "Hey, we got to revamp everything because we're not you, Team USA is not going to lose." Okay, like we're tired of losing, and they have Kobe, LeBron, all those guys, and Ronzoni is like the international scout, and so his job was literally to, which he's an international basketball guru, but his job, you know, was to scout these other national teams and prepare these game clips, and then go and prepare Kobe, LeBron, and all these guys for that. So they had it. Ron Tony was telling me this, and uh, obviously I'm paraphrasing some of it, but they had an upcoming game coming up against Brazil, and huge game, and Brazil's best player, Leandro Barbosa. And so Ron Zoni says, he's like, you know, how how can I, he, said, he literally says, he, I, I asked myself, how can I motivate Kobe? And he said, you know, he, he had an idea. So the next day at practice, Ron Zoni walks up to Kobe and hands him just a, one DVD. He said, hey, you know, tonight when you get home, just watch this. He said, Kobe came in the next morning and said, I like you. And he said, he looked at me and he said, I got you. Because on that DVD, (laughs) on that DVD was 15 possessions. And it was 15 possessions over the past four years that Kobe was guarding Leandro Barbosa in the NBA in which Barbosa just torched him. (laughs) <laughs> and and it was just Barbosa scoring on Kobe all 15 times. And that's all the DVD was. And Ronzoni said he was foaming at the mouth in the locker room before that game. And he said, we were, Ron, Ron, quote Ronzoni, we start the game, we're going over the lineups. Kobe literally says to Coach K, I have Leandro. And he says off the opening tick, Kobe knocked the ball away and literally dove on the floor in the first five seconds of the game after the loose ball. <laughs> Team USA scored on the possession and the place went nuts. And Rod Zoni says we they have used that story and that play with Team USA and just everything and ever in these film sessions forever because it was it's that's the that's the it factor that we're talking about Team USA we're not talking about NBA you know what all this stuff and with the best of the best he knew what would get underneath Kobe's skin and Kobe was so inspired and he set the tone in a Team USA game of diving on the floor and everything that it was contagious and what Kobe had and that fire that Kobe had was contagious for everybody every type of competitor like that's the thing. You've seen people from Neymar today to people throughout baseball and everything. It's because they respect the grind that Kobe put in. They respect the competitiveness that Kobe has because not everybody has that. Not very, not any hardly any athletes have that in every single sport. What Kobe had was unique and it's contagious to anybody who plays any type of competitive sport. Completely. All right, coming up, let's get into how the Mavericks are responding. They're responding in an interesting way that's going to affect the Mavericks now and for the rest of time. So let's talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into how the Mavericks have responded. This is a statement from the Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, uh, after Kobe Bryant uh, and his daughter were um, reported to have passed away in a helicopter crash. Quote, we are shocked and saddened by the devastating news of the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. Kobe was an ambassador for our game, a decorated legend, and a global icon. Above all, he was a loving and dedicated father. Kobe's legacy transcends basketball, and our organization has decided that the number 24 will never again be worn by a Dallas Maverick. 
Our hearts go out to all the lives lost and the families impacted by this terrible tragedy. We send our thoughts and prayers to Vanessa and the family, the Lakers organization, and Kobe Bryant fans everywhere. You're the Mavericks fan. What's your thoughts on the Mavericks retiring 24 forever now? Uh, I absolutely love it. I mean, I love that Cuban uh, jumped out ahead of it and became the first one on the forefront of that. Um you know, you got to pick a number, I guess. You know, 24-8, which one? The Lakers and, did not uh, pick a number. They did both. Yeah, they just did both. And, you know, I wonder, I, yeah, I, I think uh, along with the rest of us, I wonder what the rest of the NBA will do now that Cubans kind of set the set the tone of what it's going to be. Now, what other owners across the league, do they want to be that owner that, you know, doesn't do it? And will it be a league-wide thing? I don't know. How will it affect if it is league-wide, will they just let players across the league finish out the season who are wearing 24? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious how that works. I think it's an amazing gesture by the Mavericks and my Cuban. And, you know, I've heard different, you know, I think Chris Mannix threw out today is like, what about in the All-Star game? One team wore 24, other team wore eight, you know, every player. Uh, heard different things thrown out there. I, You know, this week is going to be full of emotions from – I mean, everything from tributes to uh, services that are held and everything. But Tuesday night, the Lakers Clippers game is, I mean, I can't even, uh, you know, there's a Mavericks game that night against Phoenix at home. And I think most of the people in the press box are going to be watching the TV, hang down TVs in the press box. Um, LeBron just what, passed Kobe in scoring all time and was there like two days yeah. ago. So I, there's no telling the scene that, that will be. And it's the Clippers, you know, in Staples. Like, I can't imagine what that scene is going to be like on Tuesday. But going back to the, the Mavericks, uh, incredible gesture by Cuban and the Mavs. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's an amazing gesture of respect. Uh, I think that Kobe meant something to this franchise. We've gone through over and over what he means to the franchise, the way that he and Dirk have uh, had respected each other and gone back and forth. Uh some people say it's a, it's an interest it's a slippery slope. Like, where do we stop? Do we eventually like who re- mm-hmm. retires numbers? Uh, I think the Miami Heat have Michael Jordan's number retired. Like that's you know didn't come in the wake of anything. It just was that he's the you know the greatest player ever, and they decided to retire his number. But um, it'll be interesting to see if the Mavericks put a jersey or some kind of tribute in American Airlines Center, like up with their retired numbers or something around somewhere, just to to show tribute. But uh, I thought it was a great gesture, and I wonder if anybody is against this. That'd be my guess. I haven't seen anybody so far. Uh, I mean, I can, I think people will probably be against it. They just might not vocalize it, and they'll be like, "All right, yeah, what is the slippery slope?" And you know, of yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But I, I'm not against it. I like the gesture by Cuban, and um, I don't know if it's going to be the last team to do it either. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, I doubt that it's the last team to do this. Um. I don't know if I have anything more. When I did, yeah. when I did get home today, I did, I did shed a tear. It, it got to that point where I was just emotional, and it's hard. It was hard to just process things today and think that he's gone and what he he meant to to me personally, and to get to, you know, this point. I mean, it's insane, um, man. It, you know, I think you know. There's there's bigger conversations zooming out a little bit too of when you we have. A tragic you know death like this that it makes everyone zoom out and focus on life just life in general yeah that's a good point and the gift of life and that life is temporary and i believe 
uh, in a religion that uh, that believes in eternity. You know, that life here on earth is just a small, small glimpse on the scale of time. And that when we when we never know when that day is like we never know. Kobe seemed invincible. Like, that's the thing. Like, Kobe just seemed like, a, you know, a king. Like, you know, different people have sayings like, yeah, yeah, he's a king. Like, he's a, you know, she's a queen, whatever it is. Like, he just seemed like a king. Like, he just seemed like he was invincible. Like, he was a, a nice looking man. He had a great, a great family. He was doing all this cool stuff after basketball. And, you know, this Lakers legend, one of the best player ever. Like, all this stuff. And he just seemed invincible. And it still doesn't feel real. But it, it like jolts everyone, people across the world, across the NBA landscape right now. It, religion aside, whatever you want to believe in, you see everyone focusing like everyone right now is like, and rightfully so. Of man, talk to people that you don't have stuff worked out with. Go seek out some people. Go mend some, you know, some relationships that's going on. Figure out what life means to you because this is just the reminder of like, man, you never know. And like, it, that's the, the, the amount of conversation and stuff. Like I literally just, you know, uh, transparency over the past week, some in my family died, you know, and just that whole mindset has been you know, on my mind of just like, dang, in a matter of a snap of a fingers, like just us waking up this morning on Sunday, you couldn't imagine what, what was going to transpire, you know, today. And it's just like, in a snap of fingers, we lose one of the greatest, you know, sports icons of all time. And not just that, but it was just a tragic fashion that you never have the answers to why things like this happen. And his 13 year old daughter, and you have this heartbreaking situation of Vanessa and, you know, three other daughters that you can't imagine what's going on, two other daughters that you can't imagine what is going on in their lives. Like you, you just can't, I, I can't even fathom that. And who cares about money? Who cares about, you know, all this stuff that you can say they're set for life. You can say whatever they have. They're human beings and there is hurt and emotions that's going on right now that I can't even fathom. And I just hope that they do have the support around them this week. This week is going to be a blur for them, but it, it is just, it, it just, you know, we, we lose David Stern at the beginning of the month and the beginning of this year. And we're talking in, in a matter of weeks in the first month of 2020, we lose David Stern and we lose Kobe Bryant and talking about two pillars of NBA history and you know, these two guys. And it just, yeah, I, I think it, you know, for everybody, no matter your religion, no matter where you're from or what's you know, social class you live in, whatever the, like the fragileness, I guess of life right now is it's, it's a topic. I, I mean, I had to leave tonight and go hang out with some high schoolers and do a Bible study and stuff with them. And just the conversations that came with that because of the situation was, was this eye opening. My wife, we had a longer embrace before I left tonight, you know, and, and because it's our hearts have just been heavy today of just, it just makes you think about life and how you're living it, the relationships you have and your loved ones, your close ones. There might be somebody you need to reach out to that you haven't reached out to in a long time. And this, and this jolts you to do it. And I don't know what it is, but, um, it's a sad day that I don't think a lot of us will ever forget. I know it's a sad day for you growing up. I can't even, uh, you know, you grew up loving the Lakers. You're from LA, you were born there. And just, I don't, it's one of those situations. I don't think no matter how much I think that Kobe is this icon, sports icon, and how much people love him, there's still a perspective from 
LA fans and people who live there from there and all that stuff that like only they can fully understand that of what he meant to that city, to the sport there in Los Angeles, to that organization. And whatever happens this week, you know, so our services and I can imagine all that stuff's going to happen this week. It's much deserved. And I hope he gets honored. And I hope that family man is loved on and has an inner circle and a support group that, uh, man, I I just, uh, I'm going to be praying for them this week. You know, celebrity or not disconnected or not or however i don't know them or anything uh, you know i think if you are the praying type i think that family you know should be first in line this week for you yeah uh every day before i leave the house or before my wife leaves the house uh i look at her and i say i love you and i make sure i try to look her in the eye and say that and it's because of moments like this and hearing of people dying and passing away and uh, you know, like when Carrie Fisher died, it, it was kind of a jolt like that too, where I realized like, man, you just not promised. Uh, you just, you just never know when your, your day is going to be done. Like you never know, like with Carrie Fisher, it was like, you never know if you're gonna have another star Wars movie to film. Like, you know, you just yeah. never know what can happen next. You just always, if you put stuff off, uh, and then you don't know if you're going to have it. Like you just, you are not guaranteed the next day. And that goes for us too, in our lives, maybe less public people. With the people that love you, uh, tell them. Tell them that, that you love them and reach out to them uh, and let them know how you feel. Uh, this is not a shoot your shot speech. This is a this is a people establish people in your life. Um, but yeah, go out there and uh, speak to those people. Like Isaac said, if you have something against somebody or if you you know have a family member that you're estranged to that you don't really talk to, uh, you never know when the last day is going to be, and it's not always. You can't keep putting stuff off like that with with humans. You can put off working out. You can't put off you know talking to somebody because you never know. Uh, this was by and large, you know, by far so far, you know, from all the information we know, this is not Kobe's fault. It's not like Kobe went out and you know made a mistake. You know, he was yeah. flying in a helicopter that he probably did a thousand times, and. It was a mundane thing for him, and it just be, it became his last day and his daughter's last day, and you just never know. So you know, live, live cautiously, I think, but also live and embrace the moments. Uh, my wife and I are dealing with a little bit of a, a tough situation right now, and um, we are trying to embrace and not take for granted the fact that we have so much. You know, a lot of times we talk about the things we don't have, like oh. We don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have the, you know, I don't have a job stability. I don't have, you know, all these things. Like you go back and forth. I don't have a job that I enjoy. This is my wife. But um, we take, we we try and look at the things in life that we do have and appreciate those because they can be gone too. You never know when the next thing is gone. It, it started for me when my job got taken from me a little while ago, uh, twice. <laughs> and I started to, to, you know, feel really down on myself. And then now I am looking towards the positive and saying, all right, I have this. I have a wife that loves me. I have a family that loves me. I have great friends that I can reach out to and that will reach out to me on my birthday and can, you know, do this. I have things that I love. I have a dog, you know, that, that's awesome. You know, just like even little things like that that are, are big for you. And so maybe take today uh, and think about those think about those things and try not to take them for granted every single day because we all have a lot. Uh, we live in one of the greatest countries the world has ever seen and it's incredible the things that we have that others don't. And um, that's where sports intersects with life. And that's the reason why Isaac and I do these things because we think that um, sports moments, they I think that they they bring out areas of life that we don't talk about. And this is one of those, is losing somebody and it touches all of our lives. And in doing so, I think we can do some good. And so like Isaac said, 
if you don't know where your uh, what your life's purpose is, where you can find hope, reach out to me or Isaac. Reach out to to us, and we can help you. Um, if you are feeling, you know, down or depressed, if you're feeling like uh, life is hopeless, reach out to me or Isaac on Twitter. You can do it uh, in any way. You can basically find us, uh, and we will we will be glad to talk to you because there is more hope and there is more. Um, love and joy in life. And uh, hopefully we can help you find that. So yeah, reach out to us. You know, if you're thinking about this thing, if this is touching your life, man, uh, it's gonna be interesting tomorrow, just coming back, like, you know, business is normal. Uh, The Mavericks do play, um, right? They play on Monday. They play today on Monday uh, at- In Oklahoma City. In Oklahoma City at seven. Luca was working on his free throws after their practice today, so that was positive. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be back breaking down that game and talking about the Mavericks, and we'll see. I'm sure we'll hear more from the Mavericks players about their response to Kobe you know, passing, and so we'll talk about that. Probably some, yeah, probably some more uh, tributes tomorrow night as players yeah. and teams, you know, play their first you know a lot of players and teams play their first game since the news on monday night uh, including the mavericks and we'll see where tributes take place in that Mav- uh, maps play pop- a home game on tuesday so we'll see a tribute from them probably in aac yeah and you know in in monday night this is obviously the smallest of you know comparison to everything else but we could get the debut of willie collie stein on monday night too in oklahoma city so watch out for that <laughs> I'm just saying. I know you're right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Yeah, seriously, we I really do appreciate you listening, uh, guys. Especially pods like this. You know, we were texting about this pod today, and like, hey, man, you know, this is this is another thing of what we do with this pod. Like, we're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about things outside of sports sometimes, and intertwine the two. And um, I think I can speak for us both that man, we love sports. Uh, we love the uh, this podcast. We love the NBA, uh, but stuff uh, in life a lot of other stuff in life is more important than all this and uh even though a lot of you don't know us personally our dms are always open so yeah thanks for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom peace out